You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Before the show gets started, we just wanted to let you know that this actually isn't going to be the 50th listener submitted episode. Due to some production reasons, we actually decided to make it 52 to commemorate one full year uh, as a podcast. So um, 52 is going to be the one where all of your questions are going to be read. We're really excited for it and uh, look forward to hearing your voices or reading your questions. We're going to have a special guest with us, Jason Borsom from Liquid Courage Entertainment, who is our pub trivia host that we go to weekly. And uh, it should be really fun to have him in the studio to host that game. And he's going to read through all your questions, make sure we can't look at them and uh, put them all together for us. So we're really uh, appreciative of that. And again, a big thank you to all those who sent in questions. We're really looking forward to it. It's going to be a good game. We're very sorry that we lied to you guys. <laughs> Not too sorry. Not on purpose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, thank you guys for listening and for your support. And we're pretty happy and surprised that um, we went 52 weeks without any breaks. So hopefully to the next 52, unless one of us has a nervous breakdown. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hey guys, welcome to Triviality. This is Ken. I'm going to be a partial host for this episode, but I'm actually going to be splitting it with Neil. We have Jeff and Matt in the studio as well. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Two hosts for the price of one. (laughs) And unsurprisingly, back to the studio, we have Julie Rossi and Jamie Aitchison. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you guys? Welcome back. Uh, Very briefly, can you remind us where you guys are from? The Logan Theater. (laughs) We host movie trivia every Tuesday at the Logan Theater. Logan Theater in Chicago, great theater, uh, independent releases, and some old films. That do they do? They do monthly uh, screenings of old films, right? Uh, daily or daily? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. great. They and have the- a different theme every single month. So I think what was what was March? I think it was March Madness, but it oh. was movies about people getting mad. So they had like Network, <laughs> yeah, Twelve like, Angry Men, yeah, stuff like that. Basically. Yeah, cool. And the the trivia company was called again. Chicago Pop Trivia. Fantastic. Welcome back. Yes, welcome Thanks. back. Uh, we're excited to do this double hosting gig. We're uh, we're kind of like the uh, what's that that uh, mytholo- mythological creature with Cerberus? the two heads? Chimera? Chim- no, no, Hydra. Hydra. Thank you. We're like uh, the Hydra ooh. of trivia hosts today. Oh, we're off to a great start with yes. trivia. <laughs> All right. So uh, you guys are going to be a team. You're the JJs. The JJs. And on the other side, we have Matt and Jeff as Team Triviality, shockingly. Well, that's what Neil prescribed, so whatever the doctor orders. So like I said, uh, me and uh, Neil are going to switch off hosting duties on this one, so I'm going to get us started off on round one right after these rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. So without further ado, we will get started with round one, question one. Perhaps it's because of his history of electrocuting animals, the fact that his company filmed it, false reporting, or a catchy tune from Bob's Burgers that Thomas Edison is indelibly, though falsely linked to the death of what elephant at Coney Island in 1903? You want the name of the elephant? Name of the elephant. Oh, no. So, 
How many elephant names do you know? <laughs> we just wrote down three. Okay, you're ahead of us, three to two. I say two is tantamount to zero in this case. Yeah. Well, we have no good ones, so that doesn't matter. Oh. Do you guys, anybody remember the Bob's Burgers song? Actually, I, unfortunately, no. <clears throat> Actually, I haven't seen that show. I hear it's great, though. There's a, there's a whole long uh, Broadway number in the finale of the episode. I think with this elephant's name in the, uh, in the song. I know. I haven't That's seen fine. it. That's so. fine. Yeah. All right. Matt and I Let's give up, it. and we're going to put in <laughs> yeah. an answer. Yeah. Ditto. Okay. Uh, let's start with Team Triviality. So uh, I, this, I want to write Stampy um, for Simpsons reference purposes. purposes. Um, but we put Peanuts because it sounds like an elephant name. Peanuts. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Yeah, Peanuts. Uh, we wrote Winky. Winky. I don't know. That, that popped in my head. I know there was a Wanky at the Lincoln Park Zoo. <laughs> And I used to work at Niabi Zoo in Coal Valley, Illinois, and we had a, uh, an elephant named Kathy Shaboom, who used to throw sticks at children when they walked by, so, so that was the best great. elephant I've ever heard of. I know, Kathy right? Kathy Shaboom. That was she my was, old job, throwing she, sticks she at children. She had a star <laughs> tattooed on her butt. That's weird, though. Nobody paid you, Neil. <laughs> That's true. Well, unfortunately, I can't be handing out points this round. The elephant's name is Topsy. Topsy. Oh, and the uh, song from Bob's Burgers goes, they'll be saying, Aw, Topsy, am I? Aw, Topsy. Okay, moving on to question two. This is a bit of a movie question, so you gals over there should hopefully come up with the answer. Kate Blanchett has been in many films that either consist of a woman's name alone or contain a woman's name. Four times the title contains her character's name and only her character's name. Give me two. So only only the character's name. Team JJ is locked in immediately. I want to emphasize that point. Only the character's name. Only the character's name. I don't, I don't know why Matt and I would talk this one out. Well, because it'd be funny to watch. Well, we're going to talk this out. Go ahead. Um, so far, I've written no. Kate Blanchett. You know any Kate Blanchett movies? Yeah. Outside of Marvel films and Lord of the Rings, uh, not many. Okay. <laughs> was, she, was her name Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Probably not. Hello, I'm the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> was her name Ragnarok by chance? <laughs> it was not Thor. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing on this one. I don't either. Uh, you want to think of some? No. <laughs> okay, so Hard it's place. happening out on uh, Triviality side? Yeah, I suppose. All right, ladies? Elizabeth and Carol. Those are two of them. The other two are Veronica Aguarian and Charlotte Gray. No, never got any of those. Nope. Glad we gave up on that one immediately. We saved everybody. Wanted to make sure nobody said Blue Jasmine in there. Because Blue Blue is in it. Mm -hmm. Or Scarface, which she was not in. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. That was Kate Blanchett's <laughs> finest role. She really disappears into she, that. She, just, she disappeared into Michelle Pfeiffer, yes. just into a As giant pile of cocaine. Uh, what's the movie where she plays Bob Dylan? Uh, I'm not I'm there. Not, I'm, I'm not, not there. there. All right, moving on to question three. The State Hermitage Museum, which boasts the second largest gallery space in the world and the greatest collection of paintings, is in what city? Would you guys like a big clue? Yes. yes. It's in Russia. Oh, well, cross out LA. Okay. Pick I was a, pick a Russian city. For the record, I was a lot so closer than you would have thought. Here, probably? 50 50 shot. There's okay. a couple big cities in Russia. Probably <laughs> probably not this one. It could be. Um, okay. So obviously, Moscow is on the list if yes. we're thinking it's a Russian. Moscow's on the list. Yep. Um, Stalingrad. Yeah. Is, that, is it still called Stalingrad? I can't remember. I think it's Leningrad. No, that's a different city. I don't think I know anything. <laughs> Stalingrad might be Kaliningrad now. I don't it's remember. It's Constantinople. I'll be needing uh, current names. Uh, that's fine. Because I don't know. Just want to go Moscow? That's fine. We're going We're going the home of the mule, Moscow. Okay, Moscow. St. Petersburg. It is St. Petersburg. Uh, killed it. <laughs> nice job. We'll get points. Good job. No, that's okay. All right, moving on. Question four. Since its inception in 1991, what national team has been the most successful in terms of championship wins in FIFA Women's World Cup soccer? That's soccer? Or football or football? for our international football, listeners. If you prefer. Mm-hmm. Football. Or it could be... Football. Um, we are locked in with a guess. Have you guys okay. made a Ladybugs reference yet? Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Martha. Martha. Um, Sorry. Who is that? That's that's Jonathan Brandis in the movie. His, he plays Martha. That's his cross-dressing character. I thought that was your Rodney Dangerfield. I thought it was your Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, well. I mean that I was trying to do one, but then <laughs> halfway through, I was yes. like, I, I can't pull it off right now. No respect for that. Um, hey, no respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's better. <laughs> Mark <Slightly. laughs> Um So all I can think of in this question is Brandy Chastain without a shirt, which is 
rude of me to think about that. <laughs> and I'm just going to go with the United States. Okay, USA. How about you guys? Spain. It is the USA. Yeah. It's an iconic photo. I mean, of her celebrating. I so. think they've won three. I think it's something along the lines of that. They we dominate have early. too, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Since we are at question five, I'm going to... Sports. <laughs> I'm going to defer to uh, one of our favorite listeners, though we don't like to uh, rank them, uh, David Raffetto. Right. But by, wrote, by he, pure volume of questions sent in, he's, right. he is up there. Right. Yeah. What is the name of the iconic geodesic sphere featured at Walt Disney World's Epcot Park? You know, you know what he's referring to? I do. Okay. I have it's two, also a ride. I have two guesses, but we can talk it out in a moment. Okay. Um, okay, so it like goes through... The name for the geodesic? It goes through time, like the ride goes through time. It's the same like as the inventions. ride. Oh, is it? Um, it is the same name as the ride? Yeah. Um, that is the, the attraction. Yeah. I kind of know what it does, but I don't really remember what it's called. Mostly sits there. I've never been. I don't know. I've seen a lot of TJF shows because they had that tie-in, and then they would go Crap. to Disney World. Because they're owned by um, yeah. yeah. Disney. It's like, I, think, oh. I think every TJF family went oh, to Disney at some point. It's, it's like, good news, Winslows. We're it going to Disney World. Like, um, <laughs> we're gonna good meet news, up. Tanners. <laughs> and we're meeting up with our friends from Step by Step. And Corey and Topanga got married there. Congratulations, Michelle. You're the winner of the day. (laughs) She was a princess for a day. Because everything good has to happen to to Michelle. Yeah. Not so much to the Olsons anymore. Elizabeth Olsen's got some good things going for her. She's in Wind River, Mm -hmm. one of the finest movies of last year. No Oscar recognition. Something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think Mm -hmm. she was Michelle Tanner. Um, Okay. They're locked in if you want to talk out loud. They're talking about it. Well, we're just guessing. Yeah, we'll guess. We're locked in with a guess. Okay, tell us how you found your answer or where where you're at. So I believe that inside the giant golf ball at Epcot, they have a ride that goes through time and you like, and it's very, very slow and it just like curves around and like goes up and down all all throughout the ball and you see different scenes of inventions um, throughout history and then what they think the inventions are going to be in the future and there's lots of animatronic people like that look like the Jetsons and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. We just, but in the, the year 2000, everything will be in pill form. Right. Exactly. And then everything at Epcot's all about imagination. Like they have imaginariums and stuff like that. So we said like the world of imagination. Except, mm-hmm. except for that, uh, that mission to Mars thing, which just made me oh. throw up almost. <laughs> Is mission to Mars at Epcot? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What, uh, what was your answer? So we ended up with world of imagination. Okay. Okay. Although uh, now maybe Hall of Invention. Yeah, I don't even I don't, I don't even remember. I think the Hall of Invention is in Tomorrowland in Disney. Yeah, I initially um, wrote that's down it. Tomorrowland because that's, that's what at I was Magic thinking. Kingdom. <clears throat> right, right. Um, so I, I was thinking it was uh, the March of Progress. Although I'm pretty sure that's an oh! anthropomorphized uh, evolution uh, drawing from the 1800s. Not, Not bad guesses. Not the bad. answer is Spaceship Earth. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Spaceship Earth. Oh, originally, you're in a fake I was trying to. And you go around I was originally trying to figure out what shape it was. A spaceship? No, no, the actual oh. like because I, I totally oh. misunderstood the question. Like, so how I spent the first minute a, trying to figure out what the question was? <laughs> whatever. What's well, a specific wrote. type of geodesic dome? But yeah, okay. Thanks, David, for the question. Thanks. Thank you, David. <laughs> right easier. Ones. I actually wrote that. Thanks, uh, Dave. <laughs> right, yeah, whatever, actually, Dave. I actually wrote that ride a couple of years ago, so oh. I probably would have known it. I did too, and I also got drunk around the world at Epcot, oh. which was very hard. Yeah, it's. I went during uh, food and wine days. It was oh, very easy. It's, it's hard. Oh, no. Hard to get through France. It's it's hard. It's hard oh. to get have like two drinks at every single country in Epcot in one <laughs> no, day, and then make your way home. You know, you're not Amateur. in France though. Amateur. No way. I had so much plum wine in Japan. I had so much plum wine. I had the biggest headache. <laughs> it was great. All right. It wouldn't be a uh, Ken-hosted game without a question about some Japan. weaponry. Ooh, weaponry. <laughs> weaponry. I don't do that. Okay. Japanese weaponry. <laughs> Actually, you guys don't make fun of me about how, how many weapon questions I have, but I usually have one. Mm-hmm. You haven't made fun of me yet for it. No. Starting, I'm not even interested now. in weaponry. It's just something. It's a trivia-rich uh, yeah. category. You asked the question about stilettos before. I didn't. Um, but the Big Joe 5 and Little Joe were 20th century versions of what weapon of yesteryear? And these were used in World War II specifically. Mostly. Um, what were their names again? No. Big Joe? The Big Joe 5 and Little Joe. Because weapons often have arbitrary names. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Um, the first four were Maybe failures. that's how many people it took to use it. Yeah. <laughs> Team JJ's is locked in. Locked here's in. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. Matt had written Catapult. 
Um, when I think of weapons of yesteryear, I think of things like um, bayonets, mm-hmm. which I think I know they used still in World War One, and I think the Japanese may have used them in World War Two as well. <laughs> um, but people were also using swords mm-hmm. in some parts of the war. So um, I'm thinking it's an edge weapon, something like that. Um, knives are still pretty practical, so that people still carry those. I wouldn't call it a weapon of yesteryear. Yeah, um, they kind of did away with horses. Um, I wouldn't call it a weapon. Those poor but. horses. Um, yeah, I mean, I I always go medieval times immediately when I think of yesteryear weapons. So that's right. why I went with that. Um, but we can go with what you said, bayonet. bayonet maybe I, bayonet? I could maybe see those being the the last time a bayonet was used. Okay. How about you guys? Originally, we were. I wanted to say bayonet, but we're gonna go with cannon. All right, so we were looking for a ranged weapon, but it is the crossbow. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I almost wrote down crossbow, but... I was thinking nobody was using one, but I, yeah. Yeah, they would... Uh, the Big Joe 5 was the larger version, obviously, and the Little Joe was uh, like kind of a handgun sort of crossbow, and they were used oh, for assassinations off, oftentimes. Oh, really? Hmm. Who was using they're, these? They're pretty... Uh, I, you know, the Wikipedia page was pretty short, <laughs> but they exist. Neil, you want to give a melancholy score recap? Yeah, melancholy score recap. Well, uh, Team JJ's got 20 points, and Team Triviality has 10 points. Right, thank you for that, okay. Neil. Thank you, Alan Rickman. <laughs> I could have done it better if it was Alan Rickman. <laughs> All right, going on from uh, Big Joe 5 and Little Joe, now we're going to talk a little bit about Grandpa Joe. Rounded to the nearest minute and within five minutes, either way, at one minute of the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory does Willy Wonka first appear it has a 99-minute total runtime, by the way. We are locked in. Okay. Right. So, you guys can talk in the mics. They're locked in. Okay. So in the in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is the one with Johnny Depp, right? Mm-hmm. He shows up like 40 minutes into the movie or something crazy like that. Yes. Because they go through all of the backstories of the kids first. In Willy Wonka, they I think they only go through Charlie's backstory first, and then they go there, and then they learn about the kids when they get to the factory. Or maybe it's quicker. Oh, right. It's quicker. So I want to say that it's within like 15 minutes, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure exactly, I mean, though. long enough for like the opening song, and then we see Charlie's poor and sleeping in the bed with all the people, and then they go to the candy store. Mm-hmm. We'll say 18. <laughs> Locked. 18 minutes. Yeah. And you guys? Well, we were thinking a little higher. Um, there's a lot of... Charlie is sad and poor at the beginning where he's opening candy bars. He can't afford a candy bar. There's a scene in the school where they all don't, they all have candy bars and he doesn't. So we think it's a little later. Yeah. I mean, they're by the bedside for a while. They introduce all five of the other, or all four of the other kids. Um, So yeah, we figured maybe about 34 minutes. Okay. Well, there's even a little bit more of Charlie being poor. At a whopping 44 minutes, Willy Wonka shows up. Wow. In the first one, really? Yes. So I was watching this movie recently. I didn't think it was that high. Matt had. I was like, Matt had. I thought it came out right away. I wrote 45. Matt had 45 for the the first draft, and I thought it was was, a little too high. I was watching this movie recently, and I'm like, holy shit, this opening is so long. They go through all the kids, they do these like cutaways where the computer is trying to determine where the the golden tickets are there's right. a lot of like yeah. weird cutaways it's there's very the, bizarre the scene with charlie meets with the man or behind yeah. the in the parking lot or whatever that is slugworth mm-hmm. yeah don't don't talk to strange men who <laughs> wow. ambush you in tunnels you guys know this movie way better than i do well, i yeah. just watched it when and i was like i was like chocolate fix? i don't when think he, i watched he, it in years when he finally showed up i was like hold on pause it what what time is it what's the runtime right now 44 Oh six, I believe oh it was. Gosh. I was never a big Willy Wonka fan. And I, I watched uh, Charlie and the Neither Chocolate Factory recently too, and um, they, the, the intro is quite long, but Willy Wonka is like dispersed in there. They, oh. like they cut to him in flashback and stuff. So his, his, when he finally comes out, it's not the first time that you've seen him. Um, okay. The, kind of ruins the, the first time the kids see them, him, if I'm not mistaken, though, is when he walks out of the factory. So the kids have he, not been introduced in Willy Wonka. Yes, we're ta- we're, I was just talking about Charlie and the Chocolate Right. Factory. No, no. But I mean, like his, their actual introduction the to actors, him as yes, an actor yes. was also that hmm. scene um, where he acted like a hobbled oh, old man. Oh, where the kids like, so when, first saw Gene Wilder. So when, when he spins yeah. out and does the flip, they're actually legitimately surprised because they had no <laughs> idea what he was like. All right. I'm cool. going to cut away to another uh, listener submitted question. Just because I have a little bit of a stock of these uh, built up. And this one is from Dave Nelson. So thank you, Dave. Podcast favorite, the Flying Burrito Brothers featured Bernie Layden on guitar. 
Layden later went on to co-found what 70s mega group that sold over 150 million records and, according to Dave, did 150 million grams of cocaine. <laughs> That's good. I can't verify that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm pronouncing the name correctly. It's L-E-A-D-O-N. Layden, Leiden. I do cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to put Dr. Roxo in the, in the end. Cocaine. Joe Cocker did a bit of cocaine, but I don't think it was him. Bernie. I don't think this is a reference to the song either. I know. And I, and I have, I've looked up the flying burritos after that question and I don't remember any of it, which is disappointing, but I think we can go with what you said. That's fine. Um, Triviality is locked in. Um, so then, well, then we're just going to guess a band from the 70s. 50 million records and cocaine. Yeah. What's a good group from the 70s? It could still did be really Kansas? Kansas? <laughs> Chicago. Good. How much? Uh, Bernie Ledin. Deep Purple. Deep Purple. Um, how, much purple? how much cocaine did he do? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, you guys, the the uh, cocaine usage is speculative. Grateful Dead. I mean, <laughs> no. I don't. I don't mean to. Uh, they were probably to slander 60s anybody. Too. Yeah, but they were sixties for sure. For they lawyer started, purposes, Casey Jones came out. In we the cannot. 60s. Let's, let's indemnify Nordenai. very quickly um, here that we are not making an accusation about the members this is of for hum- humor let's purposes see. only. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this group is very litigious. The Doors. Sixties. <laughs> yes, sixties for sure. Yeah, that's probably 60s too. Jim Morrison isn't super legit. Van Halen started in the 70s, but I don't think you could argue if they're 70s. Foreigner. Foreigner. started in the 70s. Let's say Foreigner. Okay. And how about you guys? Foreigner? We said The Grateful Dead. And you're settling on Foreigner? Are we settling on Foreigner? I guess. I can't remember. This is the question. Based on how long it took to answer it, this is the question you can check into, but you can never leave. Oh, it is the Eagles. Yeah. Oh. It's the Eagles? The first thing I wrote down Matt, was the I, I watched here. Matt wrote down the Eagles. Jeff was, no, no, no. I know I remember that band. I was like, oh. Except I don't. I just burn. know Don is Henley. He the, is he the other one? He's in it. Right. Yeah, he's in the band. No. I like when I write down the, the answer Don Henley. What's the other wow. one? What's the, who's the name of the guy? Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh. Don Henley. Joe Walsh. Um, I think Foreigner was in the 80s. You had, Foreigner uh, is uh, Lou Graham. What was the other? <laughs> Lou Graham's in Foreigner. The, uh, the members of the Eagles are uh, founding members. Don Henley, Glenn, Glenn Frey, Frey, Bernie Layden, and uh, Randy Frey. Meisner. Okay. Meisner. All right. Moving on to question nine. He wasn't in there when they were big then. He must have left. Founding members. All right, moving on to question nine. This one is another listener-submitted question from Alex Samuel. And uh, thankfully, he wrote this in because it's in an area that uh, I'm not too knowledgeable on, but it's the Bible. Uh On the ark, uh, Noah's ark, that is, not the other ark. Two animals of every kind. On the ark, after the rain and flood stopped, Noah needed a way to tell if the floodwaters were receding or not. So he sent out a dove to see if there was dry land. The first day, Noah's dove, quote, could find nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark, end quote. After seven more days, Noah sent the dove out again. What type of branch or leaf did the dove bring back to Noah signifying the water was receding? It's a little story there from uh, Alex. Thank you. We're locked in. Yep, locked in. All right, let's uh, start with triviality. The only branch I could think of, and I think it's the reason we use it, is an uh, olive branch. Okay. And JJ's. We also went with olive branch. That is correct. All right. That is correct. <laughs> Just thinking that. Uh, we haven't heard that very much, so I appreciate that. Too. And question 10 is actually a follow-up to that question, oh, no. also from Alex. How many humans were on the ark with the animals? Oh, it's okay. Okay. Do it. All right. Yeah. JJ's right. are in. Oh, we could talk out loud? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely Noah, Noah and his wife. wife and, and I think he had four sons. Okay. And they had four wives. So that would be 10. Okay. So yeah. locked in with 10. Okay. Okay. JJ's? Four. We said four. Four total. All right. Well, uh, triviality was close, mm. but they're a little off. Noah had three sons. So it was Noah and his wife, his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. Okay, so I was thinking of four <coughs> couples total. Sorry. Should, it four should be four noted months. that ham makes a mean sandwich. <laughs> so how many total was that, just for clarification? Eight. Eight, eight total, okay. 
All right, so thank you, uh, Alex, for bringing a little biblical culture to our podcast. I usually do pretty well at the Bible questions on on the Jeopardy show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I we, usually do not. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we we need to get better at those for sure. Um, so after the first round, uh, Team JJ's is in the lead with thirty points, mm-hmm. and Team Triviality right behind with twenty points. All right, uh, all right. So I'm pretty excited. Um, this swing round uh, I designed. I'm actually going to uh, co-host it with Ken here before the second round. Um, this swing round uh, is titled Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Yeah. Okay. So um, these or are... as I like to say it, Diner, Drive-In, Dive. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he says it on the show. Um, so these are a collection of questions revolving around fictional establishments in film and TV and, and any other little um, details surrounding them. So you'll see what I mean. Um, and uh, let's, uh, let's go to Guy Fieri uh, for our kickoff phrase. <laughs> right here, right now, on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. All right, so before we start this round, it's going to be 10 questions with five points apiece. All right, you guys ready? We are ready. Ready. All right. Locked and loaded. Here we go. Number one, the film Diner, starring Steve Gutenberg, Mickey Rourke, and not David Simon, took place in this charm city, known for having more public statues and monuments per capita than any other city in the country. Hmm. Number two. What act of God prevented patrons of the Galaxy Drive-In Movie Theater from finishing their screening of The Shining in 1996? Number three. You might have seen John Taffer attempt a bar rescue at The Alibi, a Southside Chicago dive bar featured on what television series? The longest original scripted series in Showtime's history. Shut it down! (laughs) Thanks, John. Number four. What 1994 movie diner is this fictional Yelp review from? I ordered a steak bloody as hell and could hardly enjoy eating it sitting on those uncomfortable recycled car seats you have in the booths. The biggest travesty? Paying $5 for a milkshake, even if it was a pretty f***ing good milkshake. This place is like a wax museum with a pulse. One star. Number five. On what television show might you have seen Matsuo Arnold Takahashi hand over his drive-in malt shop to Al Del Vecchio after getting married? All right, I'm going to kick it over to Ken to read the second half. The law team of Nelson and Murdoch often spend downtime at the Hell's Kitchen dive bar, Josie's Place, on what Netflix original? Number seven. Pop's Chocolate Shop is a 24-hour diner located in a town that shares its name with the title of this recent smash hit on the CW. Come at the right time and you might find a Southside Serpent writing a novel. Number eight. At the drive-in, Dallas Dally Winston, portrayed by Matt Dillon, awkwardly tries hitting on Cherry Valance and the Soch Girls in a film based on the book by what initialed author, who was a teenager when it was published? Number nine. Be careful not to call Tommy a clown in this Goodfellas Lounge, a location that would certainly be frequented by Bow Bow if she was human, as it's named after her favorite food. And finally, 10. For the last one, I could have gone Luke's Diner from Gilmore Girls or Monk's Cafe from Seinfeld, but I thought that would be too easy. The place I'm thinking of is not a drive-in, not exactly a diner, and not really a dive bar. It's called The Prancing Pony, and it's somewhere in the middle. In what series would you find this establishment? And there are two acceptable answers for that. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like <laughs> she should have, exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Um, all right, so um, both teams are locked in. I'm, I'm going to do the first five questions, and I'll let Ken handle the second five. Number one, uh, I was talking a little bit about the film diner and also a city known for having more public statues and monuments per capita than any other city in the country. So let's start with Team JJ's. What was your answer? We said Baltimore. Yeah. Diner is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. Okay. We, we heard uh, Charm City and then got rid of the rest and said Baltimore. That's right. <laughs> Great. And I'm sure if uh, any fans of The Wire, if you heard uh, not David Simon, the creator of Wire, yeah. that would have helped you. Ah, it is about that. Yep, it is Baltimore. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. Okay. <laughs> it is Baltimore. Oh, we didn't even answer this. Uh, number two, um, I I was asking you, uh, what act of God prevented patrons from finishing their screening of The Shining at the oh. Galaxy Drive-In? Let's start with Team JJ's. It's a twister. Okay. And Team Triviality. We actually didn't even answer and just realized it, so I wrote Earthquake really quick. <laughs> All right. Well, it was Twister. That was the drive-in that they were at when the tornado came. Okay. Number three. Um, I was asking you, uh, what television series on Showtime uh, has the alibi in it where, uh, I guess I'll, I'll say it now, the character of Frank Gallagher is always hanging out, mm. coming up with harebrained ideas. Uh, let's go to Team JJ's. We said Shameless. And Team Triviality? We agree that was a shameless question. It is shameless. That is correct. Number four, I won't go through the entire Yelp review, but uh, where would uh, where would you find the $5 milkshakes that are pretty f***ing good? Uh, Team JJ's. Jackrabbit Slims. All right. Team Triviality. From Pulp Fiction, Jackrabbit Slims. That is correct. And number five, I did have an extra clue in this one, but someone I had read these questions said, don't give them the clue. So I'm um, just looking um, who uh, or on what series do Al and Arnold own a malt shop? Let's go to Team JJ's. Happy days. And Team Triviality. I don't think we answered this one either. Apparently we didn't. Okay. Uh, the correct answer was happy days. <laughs> Did you have Sunday Monday in that clue somewhere? <laughs> no, the clue is going to be um, hey. the clue is going to be. Um, I, I hope they know. Or, uh, I hope they don't jump the shark. I hope he told him about the dents in the jukebox. Ah, uh, mm, that I would have gotten. I thought you were referring to this as this one. And I was like, oh, I don't no, no, about this one. no. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take it over for number six. We want to know where Foggy Nelson and Matt Murdock, who has a creative nickname, hang out at Josie's place. In what show? Yep. Yeah. That would be Netflix's Daredevil. How about you guys? We also said Daredevil. Great. Daredevil is correct. And uh, moving on to Pop's Chocolate Shop is on what CW show? Home of Jughead. We went with Riverdale. Okay. Riverdale? Riverdale. Riverdale is also correct. Number eight. This is uh, the one with uh, Matt Dillon hitting on Cherry Valance and the Soch Girls. What author are we looking for? Oh, you're looking Hinton? for the author. S.E. Hinton. Yeah. Oh, crap. That'd be the outsider. Mm, definitely not R.L. Stein, which is what we put. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't realize you said author. We wrote down outsiders, yeah. and then you said author, and I was like, oh, S.E. Hinton. Yeah, I didn't. Yep. I met her. I, I, she, I have every one of her books signed by oh, her. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. That's cool. Lady. I loved Tex. Tex was good. Tex was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yes, guys. If you couldn't tell, S.E. Hinton is correct. <laughs> All right. Number nine. Uh, be careful not to call Tommy a clown in what Goodfellas Lounge? And we had a little hint about Bow Bow. Mm-hmm. Let's start with uh, Team JJ. Well, we thought it was the Copa, mm-hmm. but it's not the, the Copa. Copa is the, the, the club in the beginning of the in film. In the beginning but of But we're talking about yeah. the club where Tommy says, you think I'm a clown? You think I'm funny? Mm-hmm. I'm funny how? I didn't and, realize it was a different uh, one. Jeff, tell us who Bow Bow is. Uh, I believe Bow Bow is a panda. Bow Bow is a panda. So, so that the would name make of the it lounge? Bamboo. The Bamboo, bamboo lounge. lounge. Yep, that's uh, correct. Who's Bow? There's a panda in Goodfellas? 
us? No, no it's, it's just a, a famous real life panda. Scene. It's, it's, <laughs> there's yeah. only like a hundred left, so yeah. they're all pretty famous at this point. Yeah, yeah. Bob right. gets the shine box. She's the she's recall. the bookkeeper of the group. <laughs> Finally, we're looking for the uh, location that's somewhere in the middle, and it's called the Prancing Pony. What work would we find this establishment in? We went with Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I think it's in the middle of a couple of Twin Peaks. And the middle we were looking for is Middle Middle Earth. Earth? It is Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. Or The Hobbit. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So after the swing round, uh, Team JJ's picked up 45 points. Team Triviality picked up 35 points. So going into round two, the score is 75 for Team JJ's and 55 for Team Triviality. I'm going to take over this round and uh, we're going to start with question one. From 1977 to 2011, this country's green flag was the only national flag in the world with just one color and no design, insignia, or other details, and may have been spotted at Twin Pines Mall in October of 1985. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, We're good. We're locked in. Hold on a second. Um, I get the reference. Yeah, I get both references. Oh, good for you, Jeff. Is it the Iranians? I thought for some reason I thought they were like Albanian or something like that, but maybe I'm just overthinking everything. Friend yeah. of time will be upset. Are you referencing something? <laughs> you, you can you can talk because yeah. these guys are. They oh, because we're talking answer. about Back to the Future, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. What? Oh my God! No. Oh no! Oh, we're totally screwed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Go yeah, lock it. it in. Lock it. Iranians. Iran. Okay, JJ's locked in with Iranian or Iran and Team Triviality. So I believe this was the flag until Muammar Gaddafi was overthrown in 2011. This would be the flag of Libya. Ah, oh, it's the it Libyans! It's the Libyans! It is the I Libyans. Knew it was they found me, Marty. Sparks. I don't know how they found me, but they found me, Marty. <laughs> and, the, and the green is representative of what, Neil? Uh, the green um, was for well, actually, it was from his his party or his beliefs. It's the is uh, color of the Islamic faith. Yes, because uh, so I have I have Libya or at the time the Great Socialist People's Libyan Arab Jamahiriya. I re- I recently found out that uh, the majority of Caliphate scholars come from surprisingly Libya in North Africa. Interesting. Uh, so that's going to be points for Team Triviality. Um, and I'm glad you guys got the Back to the Future reference. All right. <laughs> I just have a quick uh, sidebar. Where's Wakanda? Wakanda is a a made up place theoretically on the border of Congo Democratic Republic of the Congo and And Sudan I believe so that's North Africa I don't maybe South Sudan they don't have a flag the Wakandans yeah I tried to find a Wakanda flag Hmm. and it's not in the uh, iPhone emojis yeah (laughs) they should very disappointed I'm so sorry they weren't in any of the Olympics I looked to there is a Wakanda Illinois though there is a Wakanda spelled differently but there is one they pronounce it Wakanda I'm sure Uh, all right moving on to (laughs) question two not sure if Stephanie Meyer subscribes to their schedule, but if animals are crepuscular animals, they are primarily active when? No. Okay. Yep. Okay. Oh. Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, like, I think both teams are in fairly quickly. Yeah, we're locked. Big Stephanie Meyer's face. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> uh, so stupid. Let's go with Team Triviality on that one. Jeff, give the answer. Uh, we said uh, my favorite book, one that I definitely think should be in the Pawnee... Uh, Time capsule. <laughs> Twilight. Okay. And Team JJ's? Twilight. It is Twilight. That is correct. I'm a bit of a Twilight. We wrote hard. Dusk. Mm. Would you give it to us if we were? Yeah. Dusk? Well, du- Dusk is not Twilight. Is it just not? Yeah, after. but there's a, there's a mo- uh, book that is one that's one of her subtitles is something about Dusk. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, technically, yeah, During crepuscular means Twilight, but it's, sometimes it can involve uh, animals who also are Dusk and Dawn specifically mm. or together. But uh, yeah, Twilight is the primary answer. But it would, yeah, would have been fine. Uh, all right, question three. What man from Oz portrayed the boy from Oz, Peter Allen, on Broadway in a 2003 Tony Award-winning performance? Locked. Okay, Team JJ's is locked. Man from Oz being from the show? Could yeah. be. The only person I know from that show is J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I don't know any of this, so. I don't either. I said J.K. Simmons? Yeah, J.K. Because I know he's in the TV show Oz. Fine. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. All right, uh, you're in with J.K. Simmons, and I was, uh, even though he is older, I was asking what man from Oz, I don't know if that's a clue, but Team J.J.'s, what's the answer? That guy's got a huge Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Oh. Oz, like, Australia? Australia, yep. Mm. Jeff, you missed an Australian question. Yeah, shout out to Australia. And a Broadway listeners. question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, why am I missing all the Broadway questions? <laughs> it's not uh, like me. Uh. Uh, so, um, so yeah, Boy From Oz, it was a, a show about uh, Peter Allen, uh, a singer from Australia. And it was the first uh, Broadway musical uh, from Australia that was on Broadway. Mm. Um, so it's pretty cool. All right. Uh, question number four. This is kind of long, so just uh, bear with me here, but uh, I think you'll get it. 
She was 26 years old, and he was 18 when they were married. She actually outlived her husband by seven years. While she may be the subject of much speculation by historians, they can all agree on the fact that Shakespeare's wife did not win an Oscar for portraying Fantine in Les Mis, despite having the same name as what actress who did? Locked. Okay. Team JJ's is in. Okay. That was quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, we're locked in. Okay. Let's start with Team JJ's. Annie Hathaway. Okay. And and uh, Team Triviality? Anne Hathaway. It is Anne Hathaway. Ah, correct. The Princess of Genovia herself. It is. It all comes back. It all circles back. Uh, we'll move right into question five. It's a listener-submitted question from my brother Dave. So thank you, Dave. Codenamed Revolution, this video game console launched in the U.S. on November 19th, 2006 to great success. The They're locked in, guys. Right. Okay. Um, so I, I remember like this being talked about, the, the revolution. But I think you're right because the time. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's a uh, Nintendo product, and we went through. So Nintendo 64 is roughly 95, 96. GameCube is roughly 2000, 2001. Both pretty revolutionary. Yeah, and then they were talking about a new console, which was going to revolutionize the way that people gamed, which would lead to the Wii. So we went with Nintendo Wii. All right, and Team JJ's? We also went with Nintendo Wii. It is the Nintendo Wii. Yeah. Thank you, Dave, and thank you to Dwee. Okay, <laughs> that's an inside family joke. I can't, I can't believe your that's brother would write a video dog. game question. The family dog, Dwee my brother's. Dog. Yeah, her name's Stella, but he calls her Dwee for some reason. I don't know why. This is the third David to write a listener submitted question. We have a lot of Daves. Thanks to in. all the Daves out there. Yeah, thank you guys. If your name is Dave, thank you. <laughs> These are the Daves I know. I know. These are the Daves I know. <laughs> thank you. That was brought to us uh, by Jamie. Uh, number six. In which Olympic sport are competitors forbidden to have a beard? Hmm. Boo. Why would somebody ban a beard? I have or... thoughts. We can we can explore these thoughts. None of us could enter this sport. <laughs> well, clean shaven Neil could. I have a thought. I could. Um, Do you know it or no? I have a guess. This is my first guess. I like that guess. All right. Even though I really want to go with dressage. Should <laughs> <laughs> we lock it in? It seems like the could, fancy answer. You could use your face to sweep the ice and curling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you guys are locked in. Oh, that's like having an extra yeah. brush. Yeah, yeah. talking yeah. loud. Okay, right, so, so yeah, go ahead. So I don't. I mean, I don't think it's a any racing. So no, no one hundred meter, no, none, no track and field event. I don't right. think. So either that or maybe something for safety purposes. Do you think it could be um, the luge because it would come in your face and impede your vision? Is that something that would be possible? I'm trying to think if I could remember any people in luge with a beard. It was very, very Nordic, so that would be that would be tough. I, f- them, I feel like I may have seen short cropped ones. Okay. The so. pro- the problem is a lot of these guys shave anyways for the wind resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or water resistance. Right. Yeah. So why? Because I had thought about you know swimming, but I um, I don't think it's banned. I think just people wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe boxing, because that would be protection. Ooh. You want to go boxing? Yeah, I could see that. All right, so we're going to lock in with boxing. Okay, Team Triviality with boxing, and let's go to Team JJ's. We locked in with wrestling. Ooh, wrestling. Well, uh, someone's going to get points on this one, uh, and I'm just going to put a little fact here. Um, Sikh religion and some other religions are trying to get this overturned because they have to wear beards, and it's boxing. All right. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that made sense. Okay, that don't make no a, sense. If you got a glass chin or glass, I assume it would be a fighting glass sport. Jaw. Glass yeah. jaw. Fighting yeah. sport made the most sense. Probably yeah. don't want to be wearing a beard uh, for skeleton either. If you get that caught under the <laughs> yeah under the yeah, sleeve. a lot of the reasons. Um, I also was thinking archery because mm-hmm. you know yeah, as far as padding, if it gets in there in the cuts or you know it impedes the, the, the <laughs> what's monsters. a glass jaw? That's if uh, somebody who gets hit in the face once and goes down, they're said to have a glass jaw. That's what Neil has. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a really good band that I enjoy, so check them out. They call him Mr. Glass. Um, sorry. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that quote. Um, all right. Uh, number seven. The Galapagos Islands are often associated with the voyage of Charles Darwin and his observations that later inspired his theory of evolution. The actual islands lie about a thousand kilometers off the coast of what country? The country to which they belong. We're locked in. Okay. We're locked in. Oh, quick. We quick had this one here. pretty recently, didn't we? I don't know, but uh, let's go with Team JJ's. Is it Chile? Okay, they go with Chile, and let's go to Jeff. Uh, Ecuador. Oh, it is Ecuador. Shit. I think I asked the question about the Galapagos Islands and the blue-footed booby. Was... I believe you did. 
That that's, sounds right. Anybody remember the uh, my the sister ship? lived in Chile and Come she on. went to the Galapagos the Islands. Island. That's why I the Beagle Three. Yeah. It's probably close. <laughs> Chile, Chile and Ecuador aren't Just too far beagle. apart. Yeah, they're, uh-huh. no. yeah. they're separated by a country. Yeah. Maybe it's a small country. It's not a big one. Yeah, <laughs> one of those small countries. <laughs> I think, but is Chile technically closer to the Galapagos Islands? I think they are closest to it's, Ecuador. It might be. I just know it's that pretty, uh, it's, I think it's just straight west of Ecuador. Yeah, the, okay. the Galapagos are a province of um, Ecuador. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to number eight. There have been a ton of memes on Twitter and Facebook relating to Avengers Infinity War, mm-hmm. where people have the phrase, Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover event in history, and then provide a picture of another famous crossover, like Scooby-Doo and the Harlem Globetrotters. Yes, good one. <laughs> all I want you to do is tell me who came together in 1995 for the hit single, One Sweet Day, which readers of Rolling Stone surprisingly crowned oh. the best collaboration of all time. Locked. Yeah, also locked. All right, let's start with Team Triviality. Oh, it's uh, Boys to Men and Mariah Carey. Okay, and Team JJ's. Yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry. It Classic. is Boys to Men and Mariah Carey. Uh, and I was, yeah, I was really surprised. So Rolling Stone had a reader's poll, and there's all these rock acts, and uh, the readers voted unanimously that that was the number one yeah. best collaboration of all time. That wow. song was number yeah, one okay. for a long time. Better than time. Islands in the Stream? <laughs> there's a lot That's of them. There's some are. great ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so Better number... Better than Gwyneth Paltrow and Huey? Huey Lewis. Oh, from Duets, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay. Yes. I love it when we're cruising oh, together. I remember I saw it in the theater. Paul Giamatti, too. Yeah. Um, all right, number nine. I is heard a... he was in a Howard Stern movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. <laughs> Might have come up before. Uh, number nine. The oldest active college sporting event in the United States is between which two schools and in what sport? Five points for each answer. Let's let's go with it. We're locked in. Okay. It's... Okay. Team Triviality is locked in. We are not. No, take, no, take your time. <laughs> Talk out loud. Um, okay, so sports... Ray, um, I was trying to think of old colleges, and I was thinking ones from like 1700s. Sure, what do you got? Obviously, and I, and so of course, if I'm thinking about colleges from the 1700s, and the only ones that I know are the ones that they name in Hamilton, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because I know nothing about anything else. Um, but King's College isn't called <laughs> King's College anymore. <laughs> um, and it wouldn't be a rap battle. Mm. <laughs> Probably it not. Seems unlikely. So <laughs> answer. So rap basically, battle. where King's I'm going College. with this is, I have no idea. Uh, so it's basically a game where there's only one shot. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking <laughs> some kind of dueling. That's why there were no rap battles back in the right. day because they could still duel. Yeah, because they could still they just duel. kill right. them. Exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, basket shots. I have no idea. Do they do weightlifting? I mean, like, uh, we need to. We I took bowling to, in college. That's what guess. I took. It's probably um, not CrossFit. It's just old timey days. It's not prison. I know, right? Lifting <laughs> 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 those square weights. I think okay, living in the past Jamie is a kind just of a say prison. something. Polo, Harvard, and Yale. <laughs> okay, Polo, Harvard, and Yale. And let's go to Team Triviality. So I had written down sailing at first because I know that there's schools that have sailing competitions and it's very old. Um, We were thinking between Harvard and Yale. Those were the two that we put, but we actually went with football. Okay, so uh, it was about a decade before the Harvard-Yale football game began. It is Harvard and Yale, so you (gasps) both get five points, Uh, but the sport is rowing. Oh. It's uh, the first Harvard-Yale regatta was held in 1852, and the race became an annual event in 1864. And then in 1878, the annual regatta moved to the Thames River in Connecticut, where it still is. For the record, though, not sailing. I was, so we would have still been wrong. Right, that very that is different, but I you know. were definitely on a track. Yeah. Is boats a sport? Boats is a sport. Yes. <laughs> uh, you did get the, the five points there, though. It was the continuous that I wasn't sure about. Oh, general five? boating. Uh, all right. Five, five points, yeah. Five. Uh, so, all right, final question of round two and of regulation. Marvel's Black Panther just became the top-grossing superhero film of all time in North America, wow. not accounting for inflation. Globally, it has become number three behind the Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, respectively. It's pretty clear that people have seen this movie and now know of this character. For 10 points, I just want to know what Black Panther's name is and to be specific, the current holder of the Black Panther, Panther mantle as seen in the film and spelling counts. Spelling counts. Yeah, are we You're locked worse. in. Yeah, we are locked in. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna have a spelling bee right now. We're a little. I think I think it's that. Okay. Because that's how it's pronounced. Jeff's locked in. Okay. Oh, you guys are locked in. Right? I see how it goes. <laughs> Throwing me under the bus. Folded arms wrong. over here. All right. Let's uh, start with uh, team triviality. What do you got, Jeff? Uh, T'Challa. 
Okay, you got to spell it. T apostrophe C-H-A-L-A. Okay, and Team JJ's. We also have T'Challa, spelled T apostrophe capital C-H-A-L-L-A. It does have double L's, so it's Team JJ's on that one. T apostrophe C-H-A-L-L-A, T'Challa. We are taking the double L on that one. (laughs) Uh, Let me just do some math here. All right, so after regulation, the scores currently are Team JJ's with 140 and Team Triviality with 130. It's a very tight game. So Ken and I are going to split duties going into the final round. As always, there are five categorized questions where the teams will be able to wager 0 to 30 points on each question. So we're going to read through the categories. I'm going to have Ken read the categories, and uh, then we'll get to wagers and the questions. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, your first category for number one is cover model. Mm. Next is Vishnu is the bomb. Female billionaires. Number four, be a team player. And number five, above average. Much like Matt's height at seven feet. (laughs) Seven feet tall. Right. All right. The wagers are in. So the first question was in the category cover model posing with his then wife cindy crawford richard Gere was the first man to appear on the cover of what fashion and lifestyle magazine edited by anna wintour number two vishnu is the bomb not to be confused with a name on carrie ann moss's call sheet this is the name assigned by j robert oppenheimer to the nevada test site that saw the first atomic weapon detonated in 1945 I'm going to take over here for question three in female billionaires. Sarah Blakely created what popular foundation garment that skyrocketed in popularity after being featured on Oprah's favorite things? Number four, be a team player. I'm going to name five sports, and I want you to put them in order of least players on a team to most players on a team. Basketball. Baseball. Handball, cricket, and volleyball. Oh. It should be mentioned. You mean on, on the field? who are on, playing at on one the time? Field of play. So on the field per team. So not at all at one time, but one team. How many players on each team okay. as they play? In descending order or ascending order? Uh, so you'll start with the lowest and you go to the biggest. Um, it was basketball, baseball, handball, cricket, volleyball. Correct. Correct. Basketball, baseball, handball, cricket, and volleyball. Number five above average. Perhaps the men from this country should replace the three X's on their capital city's flag with a ruler, as they are, on average, the tallest men in the world. Just to clarify, handball is also known as team handball, European handball, or Olympic handball, and is a team sport in which two teams of blank players each pass a ball using their hands with the aim of throwing into the goal of the other team. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults. It doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. 
Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. All right. So the answers are in for the final round. And uh, here we go. So question one was in the category of cover model. I just wanted to know basically uh, what magazine is edited by Anna Wintour and featured Richard Gere as the first man on the cover. It uh, looks like Team JJ's Wager 20 and Team Triviality Wager 10. So let's start with Triviality. We weren't too sure, but we went with Vogue. Okay, and Team JJ's. This is one of two magazines that I personally subscribe to, and it is Vogue. It is Vogue. That is correct. So points to both teams. Question number two is in the category of Vishnu is the bomb. I was looking for the name of the Nevada test site where the first atomic weapon was detonated. Team JJ's wager 10 and Triviality also wager 10. Let's start with Team JJ's. This was mostly a guess, I guess, but we went with Trinity. Okay, and Team Triviality. Yeah, we said the Trinity site at Los Alamos. It is Trinity. And uh, Neil, do you want to describe why the category was named that? Uh, yeah, Vishnu is the bomb. So Vishnu, mm-hmm. uh, it was the quote that Robert Oppenheimer pulled uh, the uh, phrase, I am become death from. The destroyer of worlds. The destroyer of worlds, mm-hmm. yes. Um, I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but yeah, you guys can Google it. It's pretty cool. Um, all right. Number three is going to be Ken over here. Yep. This was in Female Billionaires. I uh, want to know what Sarah Blakely created and was part of Oprah's favorite things. Let's start with JJ, who wagered 10 and Triviality had 20. Spanx. Spanx? Mm. How about you guys? That seems more right. Uh, we went with the Infinity Scarf. <laughs> and <laughs> Spanx is correct. Mm-hmm. So uh, JJ will get 10 points on that one. Jeggings was actually close. It was close. I <laughs> uh, mini trivia question. Anyone know how to spell Spanx? S-P-A-N-X. Correct. She did. Sarah Blakely. Does anybody here wear Spanx? No. I'm wearing some right now. <laughs> Sarah Blakely, she did. Uh, she put the X in there, so it was easier to file uh, trademark. for trademark. Yeah. yeah. Um, very smart. Uh, number four was in the category of be a team player. I just wanted to know in order from least to most the number of players for basketball, baseball, handball, cricket, and volleyball. So let's go to um, tri- uh, Team JJ's who wagered five, and then we'll go to Triviality who wagered 20. So our guess was basketball, volleyball, handball, baseball, cricket. Okay, and Team Triviality? Yeah, that's a tough one. I know basketball is five, baseball is nine, volleyball six. And then we were kind of stuck with handball and cricket. I think cricket is less. So we said eight, handball seven. So it goes basketball, volleyball, uh, handball, cricket, baseball. Okay. Uh, only one team is going to get points here. Uh, it starts with five players, basketball, with six players, volleyball, with seven players, handball, with nine players, baseball, and 11, cricket. Wow. Oh. JJ gets points. JJ yeah. gets the points on that one. <laughs> And finally... I knew there were too many people playing cricket at once. (laughs) And finally, with their capital city's flag featuring the three X's, what country, on average, has the tallest men in the world? Um, It looks like Triviality and JJ's have wagered 10. So let's start with JJ's. Norway. Norway, okay. Um, I always find this fact quite amusing because laughably I'm 5'11", but I'm one of the shortest men in my family (laughs) and we uh, hail mostly from the Netherlands. Netherlands. Ah, the Dutch. What do you think about that Dutch boy? It's cold up here. It's too cold. Are you a a tall or a short Dutch boy? I I am a short (laughs) Dutch boy. Pint sized. What is going on? Sorry, that's an inside joke. Uh, Dutch boy is one of our reoccurring characters. Ah, yes, okay. Yeah. He has a German accent. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely a not... not uh, he's not a native uh, Dutch. He's not a native Dutch. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, after... Yeah, I don't oh, think he said one. I'm guessing that... it's the Netherlands. Oh, and the answer is the Netherlands, yes. Yeah. Dutch men are the Isn't tallest. Isn't another way to say Norway? <laughs> another <laughs> way? Interspersible? No. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Uh, the U.S. was actually like number three for the longest time, but in the past about 20, 30 years, we've just uh, sharply declined. Mm-hmm. And uh, Netherlands are number one, and coming up on their tails are uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah, I'm sure we mm. shrank as our nutrition got that's exactly. one of the crappier. That's one of the theories. Yep. Too many Oreos? Mm-hmm. Or McMeals. Mm-hmm. Okay, the scores... Do it in Dutch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The scores have been tabulated, and in second place today is Team Triviality with 120 points, and in first place, Team JJ's with 175 points, making them the cream of the crop. But the cream will 
rise to the top. Oh yeah. Hell in your face. <laughs> good game. Good game. Good game. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Good Thank game. you. Yeah. Great. Great game, I think guys. The scores were cut for time on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week. Uh, yeah, that was a, a rough a rough way to lose. Uh, we bet uh, we bet on the wrong things. Yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> as long as you guys, had, I mean, it was pretty pretty tight going into the finals. One forty to one thirty. Seriously, yeah, all Thanks. came down to the That's, wagers. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to watch a cricket. We were game. very conservative with our wagers, though. <laughs> we I, really were. Sometimes that's, we were not that's all it takes. Um, so yeah, thank you uh, to both of you, Julie Rossi and Jamie Aitchison. And if you want to check out Chicago Pop Trivia, go to facebook.com slash Chicago Pop Trivia, and you can also see them host at Logan Theater Movie Trivia Nights on Tuesday nights. Uh, make sure to check out that theater. Uh, if you guys would like to hit us up on social media, just uh, go to Facebook or Twitter at Triviality Pod, our website, www.trivialitypodcast.com. If you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And for Ken, Matt, Jeff, Julie, and Jamie, my name is Hold Neil. Hold on, wait. We got to do it together since we hosted together. Oh, oh yeah. Three, <laughs> two, one. That, that was, was Triviality. triviality. His name is Dr. Roxo. He's the rock and roll clown. He does cocaine. And I'm afraid that's all we know. Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown! This one was banned from music television because you could see my junk through my jumpsuit. Who's that judge?